There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it out. Hallelujah. Remain standing, if you would, real quick. Flip to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. We are getting ready to read the story that uh, the poet just so eloquently delivered. I couldn't quite say preach, so I just said, talk, girl, talk. talk. You talking. John chapter 4, verse 9. This passage of scripture is often referred to as the woman at the well. And before we read it, I want to make it very clear that this woman at the well represents more than just a woman. She represents everybody. Woman, man, boy, girl. Look at verse 9. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? The, the Jews and the Samaritans were enemies. Matter of fact, most Jews looked at Samaritans as dogs. So she was perplexed as to why he was talking to her in the first place. For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and livestock? But Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water, they're going to thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Then the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. So she's making it very clear. She's talking to Jesus. She's at a thirsty place in her life. And she keeps trying stuff that's evidently not getting the job done. 
So she says, can I have some of this water? Look at verse 16. Watch Jesus, because I love it, because Jesus puts you in a quick test. He says, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you messing with now ain't your husband. He's somebody you passing time with. I added that passing time with. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place for one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father, because you worship, watch this, what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation of, is of the Jews, but the hour is coming, and now is. Somebody say, now is. Now is. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So the woman said to him, verse 25, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Now, she's sitting there talking to Christ, but she doesn't quite understand who she's speaking with. After he sat there and told her all her business, she still didn't understand who she was talking to. Uh, got a bit of a problem here so Jesus just makes it clear verse 26 I who speak to you am he the woman then left her water pot she went into the city and said to the men come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did could this be the Christ now there's a problem because she says that Jesus told her everything she ever did yet the text only records he talked about her previous relationships so evidently in these verses there's some stuff that John left out because Jesus wanted to keep it between her and him aren't you glad that Jesus could tell your business but he keeps some stuff between you and he he says I'm not even going to let John write that just between me and her look at 29 come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did could this be the Christ and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified he told me all that I ever did so when the Samaritan had come to him they urged him to stay with them and he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his own words father you hear me, and you always hear me, and over these next few moments as I share this word, I pray that you would tailor make it, customize it for every here at every single campus, Father. We thank you now that your word is the only word that can pierce even to the heart and the soul and the spirit of man, and I pray that every individual hearing me, as they hear this, they would feel as if you were speaking directly to them. You're the only God that can speak through a human and speak to individuals, but you take what a human says and makes it divine. And so we ask that you would do that now. Speak to us, God. We thank you for the gospel, the good news. And this week we're going to talk about real love. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five two or three people and say real love, real love, real love, real love, real love. You can be seated. Now you know this, so I want you to help me out. It says, Jesus loves me, this I know. Come on. Good, stop there because I don't know the rest of the words. I'm joking. 
have you ever been told something by somebody, but you didn't quite have a complete grip on it? You, you ever been told something by somebody, but you didn't quite understand the totality of what they were saying? You, you, you ever been told something that was so uh, magnanimous that you were not able to comprehend? And so in your lack of comprehension, even though you heard it, you didn't have a grip on it. So we say things like, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so. But I found that the reality is, is that many of us sometimes struggle getting a grip on what it is that Jesus' love really is. The truth of the matter is that what we believe is demonstrated in what we do. So if we really believe that he loves us, it ought to change us. So the evidence that we have not all been convinced that he loves us is that some of us are still struggling with love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now touch your neighbor and say, it's going to be good for us. It's going to be good for us. Now, the woman at the well is just like you and I. I don't care if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're a boy, if you're a girl, if you're a cat in a hat or a frog with a dog. I'm here to tell you, the woman at the well is just like you and I. She wanted to be loved. And I don't know anybody under the sound of my voice that would be honest with themselves and say, well, no, I don't really want to be loved. Come on, if you don't want to be loved, come on, let me see you. Come on, come on. wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be accepted. Everybody wants somebody that understands them and they got an understanding with everybody wants to be loved and consequently just like the women at the well, we jump from thing to thing to try to find that love. The woman at the well, that's what she did. She jumped from thing to thing to try to find that love and the thing she jumped from was from relationship to relationship to find it. She went in different relationships thinking, well, maybe this one will do everything the last one was. To only figure out she was searching for something in that man that that man did not have the capacity to give her. So then she jumps to husband number two and says, well, that's all right. This was going to be it. This is it. I know I had a dream. I tell you, I was up last night and the Lord spoke his name in my spirit. And this is the what? That didn't work out. So now she goes to man number three. Okay, all right, Lord. I'm not going to get my hopes up too high. But I'm just believing and trusting you. And then she goes to number four. And then she goes to number five. Then she says, I'll tell you what, I ain't getting married no more. I'm just going to shack because I'm not, this marriage thing ain't where it's at. We're just going to date. You're going to come on my house. I'm going to go to your house because we, we ain't getting married because maybe marriage is the problem. Not understanding her desire to be loved was the problem. Because in her desire to be loved, she sought from human beings something she could only get from Jesus. And I don't care if you're a man or a woman. Oftentimes we will find ourselves seeking from human beings stuff that can only be given to us by God. So maybe it's not relationships for you, but maybe it's sex. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's pornography. Whatever it is, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to say you're searching for something. And this woman at the well, the Samaritan woman that the Jews, which Jesus was one, looked at as dogs. She is searching. And all of a sudden, what she's searching for pops up in front of her. And she can't even realize it because she's so used to counterfeit. She didn't understand when the real thing had come in front of her. So there's a problem, there's a problem, there's a problem because there are two problems we run into when we try to get a grip on God's love. Because the Bible says, Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. God loves us. For God so loved the world. We hear all of these scriptures. But the truth is that sometimes it takes us a little time to get a grip on it. Just, 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 just grab, just get a grip, just put your hand, just, just 
Okay, so here's the first reason it's difficult to get a grip. Here's the first reason. First reason. So often we reject his love because we don't believe we deserve it. We don't believe we deserve it. Uh, sometimes uh, when you're dealing with couples, sometimes some of the dynamics that they face is because one of the parties does not feel that they deserve the other party, and consequently they will subconsciously run the other party away in their actions. When you do not believe that you are deserving of something, every time you receive it, you will feel as if it's been wasted on you. Are you here? So now this woman that's at the well, she is there, but she doesn't even have an understanding of who she is. She doesn't believe she deserves to be loved for real. And so because she doesn't believe she deserves it, she rejects it. Watch this. Somebody said, Bishop, uh, what do you mean? Don't feel like you deserve it. It has not ever been about your ability to be righteous. This is what are you trying to say? Let me, let me take it another further. It has never been about how good you are. Because the scripture says on your best day, your righteousness is still as filthy. Away. But you know how we do sometimes. We be like, Lord, I've been good today. Lord, I've been good. I didn't let nobody have it. I was on that call for 30 minutes, but I kept my peace, Jesus. Lord, I've been good today. And so you feel like you deserve it on that day. But the day you make a mistake all of a sudden, now you well, Lord, if you don't, I understand. I understand if you don't do nothing for me. I understand. I, Lord, just, I messed up. I blew it. Watch this. You got to get an understanding of this. Scripture says, he has given you the free gift of righteousness. So it's not that in my flesh I'm good enough, but it's that in his righteousness, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become made new. In the old me, I'm not worthy, but in the new me, I am very worthy. Because what you don't believe you don't deserve or what you believe you do not deserve, you will often reject. You will often be the buffer to it rather than attracting it. So that is why some single folk wonder why they keep attracting the same kind of person. It is because you don't believe you deserve the person you prayed for. Okay, I can't get nobody to say nothing. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. See, 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 see. it's not about me being so good. That's what grace and that's what mercy is all about. Grace gives me what I do not deserve and mercy protects me from what I do deserve. See, there's some stuff that you do deserve. There's some stuff you've done that bad things should have happened to you, but mercy stepped in and it blocked it. And there's some stuff you're walking in and you have that you absolutely don't deserve. Your education doesn't qualify you. Your credentials and pedigree don't qualify you. But that's called grace. It's grace and mercy that makes us worthy of it. Not us. Not our flesh. Not because I didn't cuss nobody out last week. Come on, be honest, because some of y'all speak with tongue that need no interpreter. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But the second reason, and the second reason, which for the culture of America, which is a post-matriarchal or woman-dominated society, we find the second reason that people have a tough time getting a grip on God's love. Because your image of God's love comes from your relationship with your earthly or natural father. 
Matter of fact, the word father in its rudimentary form, it means life giver. So now if you had a good loving father, it's easy for you to receive love and it's easy for you to give it because you've seen it modeled for you. You know what it says. You know how it responds. You know what it does in tough situations. You've seen love demonstrated. And since you've seen it demonstrated, you have the ability to be able to know how to give that. But now the reality is, is for many people, notice how quiet it got when I began discussing the subject. For many people, that's not their testimony. For some people, the memories or the relationship they have with their earthly or natural father is an abusive or tumultuous relationship. So consequently, people like that will tend to view God as their enemy. So every time there's correction, they view it as rejection, and they always place themselves in the seat of a victim because they see God as that man that hurt them. Are you still here? But then for other people, for other people, that's not their testimony. For some people, and let me be clear, this is not man bashing because I'm a man, so I would be remiss to bash myself. I'm just simply speaking to the reality of the culture and society that we live in. For me to ignore that would be robbery to the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But for some people, for some people, there was a deadbeat or absentee father. So consequently, folk like that will tend to feel abandoned by everybody and by God. And so consequently, they only want to see God on the weekends. People that have deadbeat or absentee fathers, uh, they don't tend to trust God easily. And they're very suspect of male leadership. Anybody in any role of leadership, they are suspect of because they've never seen it modeled in their life. And what you've not seen modeled, it becomes very difficult to have an understanding of. And Proverbs says, in all that getting, get an understanding. In essence, what I don't understand can be stolen from me. What I don't understand can be manipulated. What I don't understand, I can be befuddled about. So for those two reasons primarily, we, we deal with issues about receiving uh, God's uh, love. And it was one experience, though. That this woman, who had evidently been rejected in her life at least five times we know of. Now remember, there's some stuff in the text that Jesus doesn't tell us. He keeps it between her and him. And when John is writing, God blocks that out of what he's writing. No, don't write that, boy. No, no, cut that out. Don't put that part. That's between me and her. Don't put that part. She had been rejected so much. Rejection was all she knew. She had been hurt so much. Pain and hurt was all she knew, but she has one experience with love itself. The scripture says that God is love. So she has one experience with God in the festival. The anthropos, the God man. So much God you couldn't believe he's man. So much man you couldn't believe he was God. She has one experience with him that changes her entire view of what real love is all about. I think there's some people in this worship experience today that have had an experience with love itself. It only takes one experience to erase years of rejection. It only takes one experience to erase a mind full of bad images of what you desired your father to be. 
It only takes one experience. Are you still here? Now, now watch this. So like the Samaritan woman, she has this experience with Jesus. And Jesus begins to show her what real love is all about. And as he begins to show her, she says, okay, let me leave my water pot. Let me stop what I'm doing. And I got to go tell some other folk, uh, for uh, you Denverites, uh, uh, folk is a southern colloquialism for people. Let me tell some other people. And I need y'all to come and see a man. In other words, here's what she was announcing. Y'all, I've been searching, I've been trying, I've been looking. But today, I can't quite talk about yesterday, but today, I found real love. So somebody needs to let Mary J. Blige know that we ain't searching for real love no more because we found it in Jesus. So you can go on and remix that song. And I'm not searching, baby. I found it. Just your neighbor said, I found real love, I found real love, I found real love. The gospel, which is the good news, is that when you become a believer, you do not have to search any longer. I need you to get that. I need you to get that. I need you to grip that. If you don't get nothing else I say, when you become a believer, your search is over. I'm going to say it again. When you become a believer, your search is over. But I know somebody said, but Bishop, then why are so many saints still searching for that which they have? Amen. I'm going to tell you that. Touch your neighbor and say, he's going to tell you that. Uh, uh, watch this. Uh, for men, sometimes uh, it's hard to visualize and get a grip on Jesus' love Amen. because he's a man. And for many men, uh, they don't want to visualize being passionately in love with another man. So when you talk about, well, come on, let's just, let's just love the Lord. Sometimes, fellas, that can be a little bit of a, of a blockage in our psyche because we're trying to rationalize this image of Jesus that we've seen on Passion of the Christ as a man. We're trying to rationalize that with passionate love. And sometimes there's a bit of a blockage there. Y'all can say amen. Come on. So here's what you have to do, men. Here's what you have to do. We, we have to not visualize him as a man. We have to visualize him as what he said, spirit. And, and, and then what is the nature of that spirit? It is the spirit of the father. So then what you visualize him as is not your equal. You visualize him as the father that you always wanted. So even if you had a wonderful father, praise God for that. This is your father on, on steroids. If you had an absentee father, here's your father in the flesh. His name is Jesus the Christ. And if you had an abusive or tumultuous one, this one's good because love don't hit. Well, that's, but love does use the rod though because Jesus said, the word says, if you love your kids, We did not endorse the breaking of any local, federal, or state laws. Nah, no, the Bible says you got to. All right, now, now, 
So here's the deal. Here's the deal. You ready? Now, here's my question. Here's the question. So, man, we've gotten rid of that blockage, right? Because we see him as father, right? So now we can have that. Women get it because women, they just, you say love. Oh, my God. You know, they got it. Right? Women get it. That's okay. We're built differently. That's okay. Women get it. Women love. See, look at how women talk. Come on, man, sister, girls. We finna go ahead. Fellas, we don't talk like that. Come on, man. Let's have some wonderful fellowship. Come on, man, let's go have a personal relationship. We don't talk like that. So when we say terms like personal relationship with Jesus, just fall in love with Jesus, just love Jesus, sometimes there's a blockage there. So, fellas, we got rid of the blockage, right? Because we see him as the Father Spirit, as the Spirit Father, Abba Father. We see him as that. And the ladies, y'all got love because y'all got it, all right? Okay. All right. Some of y'all are better go see Eat, Pray, Love right after I mean it to y'all. You know, y'all got it. Some of y'all still sleepless in Seattle. It's just... I don't mean that in a bad way. Women, y'all just get it. That's good. Amen. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are three simple, very simple things we have to do to experience real love every single day of our lives. Not just on Sundays. Not just on the weekends when God gets you because he got papers say he gets you on the weekend. Okay. Every single day. Say real love every day. First thing you got to do is receive God's love. Receive God's love. I say, Bishop, what does that mean? Now, it is getting an understanding that God's love for you and I is unconditional no matter what. Hear me. There is nothing you can do that is going to make him love you any more or any less. Now, do not confuse love with favor. But we're talking about love today. There's nothing you can do that's going to make him love you any less. Well, but Bishop, you don't know what I did. I don't care what you did. Flip to Titus. Let me tell you what Titus said about that. Receiving his love, real love, every day. Not counterfeit stuff. Not folk that say they love you on Sunday. And by Wednesday, they're in the mob against you. Not that. We're talking about real love. I'm glad I found a real love. Somebody that set my heart free. Real love. Oh, oh, oh. I'm glad I found. Okay, here we go. Titus chapter 3, you got it? Look at verse 4. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appear... Not by works of righteousness, which what? We have done. Isn't that what they said? It ain't about what we've done. But according to his what? Mercy. What did he do? Save us. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, God's love is unconditional for everybody, no matter what. Now, check this out. Not only is his love unconditional for you, check, check this, it's unconditional for the person sitting next to you. Because if we'll be honest, sometimes we don't have a problem with him loving us. We just got a problem with him loving the person that did us wrong. I got to make an announcement to you. He loves you unconditionally, and he loves that joker unconditionally. Depending on your generation, you may have called them jab time turkeys, whatever. <laughs> he loves them unconditionally. 
The Samaritan woman who was an enemy to the Jew, the Jews looked at them as dogs. The Jews treated them very poorly because they had an arrogance about something that they did not understand completely. Even despite the difference in their uh, theological views and their racial views, the woman at the well had a problem because she didn't understand why Jesus as a Jew was talking to her. She had a problem receiving his love. So she starts out the conversation, not, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. God bless you. Be encouraged. No. She starts out the conversation, why are you as a Jew talking to me? Immediately, because rejection's all she knows, she puts up a wall. And so often that's what we do. God, you make a mistake, and here God comes trying to love on you, and you immediately put up a wall with him. Why are you talking to me? I just made a mistake. I just did this. I'm just this. I'm just this. Jesus says, I don't care nothing about none of that. I love you, and it's unconditional. Amen. Say, Lord, Lord, I receive your love. Which means every time I make a mistake, I don't put myself down. I say, Lord, I receive your love. Lord, I need. That's when you need love the most is when you feel the least deserving. Amen. When you feel furthest from him, that, the Lord, I just receive your love. God, I need me, so please love me. Love me for I hurt myself. But the second thing, after I receive his love, I have to know his love. Uh, flip, flip, flip very quickly to 1 John 4. 1 John 4. It's not enough to receive it. I've got to know it. What's the difference, Bishop? Uh, uh, somebody could give you $100. That on the outside has a dollar bill. And you may have received what they gave you, but you didn't look to see what was on the inside of what they gave you. So the whole time you got $101 walking around, but you only think you got a dollar. Because even though you received what they gave you, you didn't know what was in what they gave you. You get what I'm saying? Okay, okay, okay. So look at this. Look at this. First uh, John 4 and 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now, now, now watch this. I know that I know God's love because I give God's love. I'm going to say it again. You know that you know it because you give it. The scripture says in the story that she went after she recognized who he was. She went and told everybody, let me get my country phone, everybody about this love she had just encountered. She wasn't selfish or stingy with it, trying to keep a lock on it, but she says, I found real love, and I need to come tell y'all about where I found it and how I found it. And the scripture says that woman changed the whole city because of her testifying about his love. So... So I know that I know his love because I give his love. Now, here's the question. The question is, well, then, Bishop, what do you mean give love? Because there's a lot of misconceptions that believers have about what love really is. And so many times we associate love with emotions. And the truth is love is not an emotion. Love is a decision that creates emotions uh, that determine actions. you still here. Love is a decision to 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patience. So I decide to be patient with you. 
That's love. Bible says love is kind. So love is a decision. I may not want to be kind to you, but I'm going to be kind to you because I've been given love, so I got to give some love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 look at this. Love consists of two things. Truth and compassion. Truth and compassion. And in the text, we see both of these things demonstrated. Now, now, now watch this. First John 2, 5 says, But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected or matured in him. By this we know that we are in him. Now, look at what Jesus did. When Jesus talking to the woman at the well, he doesn't lie to her. He tells her the truth. A lot of saints say, well, I can't say nothing or I don't want to say nothing because I love them and I don't say nothing. Lying ain't loving. Jesus goes, matter of fact, through quite an extensive dialogue to talk about they that worship must worship in spirit. He's the father and in truth. He, he, truth is such a big thing that Jesus says to the woman, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I know what you've been up to. You've been bouncing. Amen. You've been here and there and everywhere. Amen. Got it? But watch what he does. He wraps the truth in compassion. Because he could have really let her have it. I mean, he could have, listen, you just, you're just sitting up here. I know you ain't got no husband because I, I know you don't. Uh -huh. You know how the old you used to do folk? Now, I just need to tell him, Bishop. I need to tell him. I'm going to tell him because they need to be told. <laughs> he wraps the truth in compassion. Got it? So let me help you understand who your real friends are. They're the ones that tell you the truth, even if you don't want to hear it. Let me tell you who the folk that really love you are. They're the ones that tell you the truth, even if you really don't. If you got folk around you that can't tell you the truth, that... And watch this. When they tell you the truth, you got to stop getting all offended about it. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. He wraps the truth in compassion. What does compassion do? Compassion brings out the best in us. That's what it does. Compassion brings out the best in us. You ever been somewhere? I'm, I'm going to prove it to you. Ready? You ever had to take something back to a store? And you were fired up. I got to take these off of this. I mean, you, 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 you heated. No heat of the Holy Ghost, just hot. For some of you, maybe you didn't have to take some back. Maybe you had to call Comcast. And we love Comcast if you are affiliated with Comcast or DirecTV or this network or whatever, Time Warner, whatever. But you were ready because you told them two months ago to cancel that extra bandwidth on your internet. And now you got a bill three times what it's supposed to be. And you got notes with the person you talked to. You got their name, their badge number, the office they work out of, their personal home email, social security number, date of birth, and all their kids. And when you call And you're ready to just, you're like the movie Unstoppable. The train is going to leave the train station and it's going to be on. Yeah. 
and you're ready. And they answer the phone. Hello, this is whatever particular company you're calling. <laughs> and you're ready. Listen, I told y'all. See, I'm so sick of y'all. You know what I'm feeling? Well, ma'am, I tell you what. Not only am I going to do this for you, but I'm going to give you an extra month free. What happens to all of that fire you had? You're right. You're right. You know what? I probably didn't even. I probably forgot. I, I called the wrong company. You're right. Uh, you're right. Thank you so much. You know, just. Oh, man. And then you feel horrible. Come on. Will you be honest with me? What happened? They showed you compassion. So compassion brought out the best in you. That's what compassion does. Compassion will take the worst of you, reshape it, and make it the best of you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I know that I know his love when I give his love to people. There's some people that, truth be told, you, 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 you fired up at them right now. But why don't you try taking all that fire, wrapping it in a little compassion? You can still tell them the truth. But just put a wrap of compassion on it. And watch how you'll bring out the best in them. You walk in there to talk to them. They, you know, a Zeus kind of looking brother or something. You walk in there and, and you're right. You're right. I didn't even think about it. Huh? Can you pray for me? And here you was in there trying to go and let somebody have it. Truth and compassion. Touch the neighbor and say, I need both of those from you. I need both of them from you. I need truth and I need compassion. But then the last thing, and I'm through, that you have to do to experience real love every day is keep God's love. Say keep God's love. Now, we're going to look at two scriptures real quick. Go to Jude. Go to Jude. Go to Jude. So I got to receive it. I got to know it. I know that I know it because I give it, and then I got to keep it. Now, now watch this. This is from Blow Your Mind. It's from Blow Your Mind. Yesterday, I, uh, I was driving, and uh, I, I normally am not a cash carrier, okay? Uh, I, you know, this is, that's not me, all right? I like to track stuff, okay? And yes, I had some cash in my pocket, and... Uh, I was, I was uh, doing some things and all this, and I got in my car, and I pulled the cash out of my pocket to confirm that what I originally put in there was still in there. Because I know how cash does. One of the bills will get stuck to the top of your pocket. And when you put, okay, so y'all never had that happen? Okay, well, it's happened to me enough to where I take precautions. And so, and so as I was, uh, as I was, as I was pulling the money out, I, I counted it and I said, mm -mm. <laughs> I said, the devil is a liar. I said, Satan does stop tempting me. A lot of what I had had in my pocket was gone. I knew I hadn't spent it. So now I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, Jesus of Nazareth. Where has that money gone? You know, when you get spiritual, you talk King James English, you know. And so I'm looking. 
I mean, I'm looking. I'm like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, you know what? That girl at that counter probably, we took my money. I don't know, you know, I knew she was looking on. I knew she took my money. So now I'm reliving my experience, and by this moment, because, because I don't carry cash, and what I had lost was a significant amount, and so I, I'm sick. I mean, I feel horrible. You can sit up here and act all day long, it's just money. You lose, then give it, then give your neighbors the, yours then, okay? Losing money makes me feel sick. Not just losing it physically, but if I pay too much for something, I just feel That's just me, don't judge me. Give me some truth and compassion. <laughs> and so I'm looking, and I mean, and, and, I, and, and my, you know, I'm, I'm angry. I'm calling bishops of council country. Man, you know I lost this money. I mean, we just, you know. And, and I get in my garage, and I say, well, blessed be God. I guess the Lord, I, I said, I guess somebody just picked it up, and I sold into their lives. And, uh, and as I'm getting out of my car, I looked over at the side. I said, now, what is that paper doing down there? <laughs> now, I didn't come up with every kind of conspiracy theory from the call to the FBI and the CIA to figure out where my money at. I said, who dropped some paper over here? What is this paper over here? I take my flashlight out on my Evo. <laughs> Sprint needs to tithe is what I'm saying. Okay. And so... <laughs> Come on, I'm, come on, I'm finna help you. This is a good story. I'm finna help you. And I put it down there, and I look, and there is my lost money. I grab my lost money. I put it with my other money, and I wrap it up real good so can't nothing happen to it. And I call one of the bishops back. I said, I found it. What are you trying to say, Bishop? That's how it is with God's love. It's not enough to have it because there's going to be experiences in life that will make you think you lost it. I thought I lost what I had the whole time. Look at Jude. Let me show you what I mean. Look at Jude chapter 1 verse 20. You got it? But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Watch verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God. So evidently, Jude knew that there was going to be experiences that were going to pull you out of that place. Now flip to Romans 8. Romans 8, real quick, because I want you to see what these experiences are. He said, you got to keep yourself there. Amen. Say, keep myself there. Keep myself there. Watch this. Romans 8, you got it? Look at 38. Look at what he says. For I am persuaded that death nor life Angels, principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Here's what he's saying. Every day you're going to be bombarded with situations that are going to try to pull you out of the love of God. And Jude says you've got to keep yourself there. But now, now here's the deal, Bishop. Here's the litmus test. Here's the litmus test. Bishop, how do I know that I'm not keeping myself in the love, the love of God? Number one, when you condemn yourself. See, God doesn't condemn, he convicts. Condemnation says you're not this, you're not that, you're failure, you mistake, all this, nothing ever works out. That's condemnation. Conviction says you're a king, you're a priest, you're the head, not the tail. So that's why you can't do this. See the difference? 
Condemnation says you're nothing. Conviction says you're everything God's made you to be. When you walk around condemning yourself, oh, I'm a this, oh, this, and that, you are not keeping yourself in the love of God. Are you hearing me? Second thing, when you don't forgive yourself, you're not keeping yourself in the love of God. Hebrews says that God, not only does he forgive your sin, but the scripture says he forgets your sin, which in legal terms, he dismisses them with prejudice, meaning that those sins you committed can never be brought before the court of God again. Now watch this. If God forgets your stuff, who in the world are you to sit up and remember it? Watch this. Can I take it another further? The only way God knows something bad about you is you got to tell him. Because he makes you a promise in Hebrews. I was somebody that was here last week. Got it. He makes you a promise that I will remember your sins no more. So if he forgot about it, I, I don't remember it either. Somebody comes up to you and says, remember when you used to do such and such? No, I don't remember that. I, you got to learn how to get spiritual amnesia. I don't remember that. When family folk come up to you, remember this? But No, I don't remember that. You're not doing anything to pull me out of the love of God. Because the moment you sit up reminding me of what I used to be, I'm going to sit up and start feeling bad about it. So anybody that keeps bringing up your past to somebody that should not be in your future. See, I may have done everything you said I did, but I am not who you say I am. God forgets, so do I. Folk come to you, man, remember we used to do this? No. I don't remember that. Some, somebody, remember one of your exes come up. Remember when? Mm -mm, I really don't remember you. Who are you? <laughs> I don't know you. Oh, you trying to act brand new? Mm -hmm. If any man be in Christ, I sure am. The next way you know you're not keeping yourself in the love of God is when you walk around with a negative report. Everybody hates me. I never get ahead. Nothing ever works out for me. Every time I take step one step forward, I get knocked back to. That's not the love of God. You're letting something separate you from his love. And you got to remind yourself when that stuff. Uh, nope, 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 nope. Not separate me from the love of God. But the final reason and perhaps the most potent of them all is when you live with regrets. When you live with regrets, you are not keeping yourself in the love of God. And you're letting situations rob you. Listen, what is regret? Man, I shoulda, woulda, coulda. You got to watch out for SWC. Some of y'all know what that is. You got to watch out for it. Because watch this. When you walk around with regrets, what you're saying to God is, your love is not powerful enough to give me another chance. Your love is not powerful enough to, for me to get this right. Can I tell you something that I'm through? Joel says, and I will restore to you the years that the locusts have stolen. I'm paraphrasing. Locusts in scriptures uh, are, are an imagery to demonstrate bad decisions. Check this out. God says, I will restore to you the time you lost when you were making bad decisions. So, so can I give you an illustration? Well, or, or, or I says, here's what God says. God says, whatever the bad decisions were that caused you to have SWC, and you're weak in the knees now, 
Come on, you gotta have fun at church, man. You, you gotta, you gotta have fun at church. If you just want to sit there and just be stoic, I don't know what to tell you. I do not know what to tell you. Watch this. God says, keeping yourself in my love is realizing that even if a bad decision calls your plane, called your life to miss the destination you were landing at, God says, my love is so awesome. I'll take over the pilot seat. And I'll put turbo on the plane to restore the time that you wasted in bad relationships and bad this and that and the other. And what I'll do is I'll circle that plane right back around and I'll get you to the same destination and you won't be late. You're going to be right on time. So I don't live with regrets because I know his love is so powerful that it will circle that thing right back around that airport, put some turbo on it, and get me in the same destination in the same time I was supposed to be there. So that means right now, in this moment, say this, I relinquish every regret, all shoulda, woulda, Coulda. Guess what? I didn't. But God's love will give me another chance. If you believe that, hop on your feet at every campus. And why don't you celebrate what you believe? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Since 1981... Unbound has connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all walk together. Sponsor a child today and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path. Change their future in just one click. Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org walk.